there's an abundance of information out there, but so much of it, it's, it's uh, reliant on you having some traffic in the first place. It's it's the kind of uh, tips that, say, that tell you um, how to get more traffic to your website. Well, first of all, you need an exit pop-up and you need to have um, a lead magnet so that people subscribe to your newsletter and um, you need to have push notifications and, um, and and so on and so on. Um, and, and all of those are predicated on the fact that you have people going to your website in the first place so that you can turn them into returning visitors. But actually getting off zero in the first place, that is, is probably, the, well, in my opinion, is, it is the hardest part. This is The Freelancer's Friend. Welcome back if you're a regular listener and greetings if this is your first time. I'm your host, Victor Taylor, and the show is all about helping freelancers to enjoy lasting success. Subscribe or leave a review if you can, and please share the podcast with your freelancer friends. Welcome, Michael. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, Victor. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'll try to keep it uh, brief because it's, it's a fairly long story. Um, but I um, originally I worked in construction and um, I, I had a 10 year career in the construction industry as a civil engineer. Um, it wasn't something that uh, it's not my passion. It wasn't something I, I got into uh, with open eyes, should we say. Um, I did. Uh, I studied psychology in university. And, um, and then a friend of mine, after I finished my degree, um, his father had an a engineering company and they kind of said, come along, you know, short term gap, um, come and work with us for a little while and then you can go off and do your own thing. And that turned into a 10 year job with them. And I, I managed to work my way up from from like assistant engineer all the way up to general manager of that company. Um, but like I said, it, it, it really wasn't my passion. So. Um, when I finally decided to, to switch switch careers and, and, and pursue something that uh, appealed to me more and 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 uh, try to introduce a more creative element to my to my work and um, and my career in in general I suppose uh, I I, th- I started to go along the lines of um, writing so I thought right okay I'll I'll create um, uh, an online magazine men's lifestyle magazine to be to be exact and. Um, <laughs> I kind of I proposed this to my to uh, my friend at the time. He's now my business partner, and he said, "Okay, yeah, that all sounds great." Um, men's how lifestyle. are you going to get people to? Yeah, men's lifestyle is right. Yeah, um, but he said, "He said sounds amazing." Um, how are you going to get people to read it? I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's a pretty good question. I have, I have no idea. How would you get people to go to your website and read your stuff?" So um, it was at that point then when I dived into um, digital media, digital marketing, and then learning all about that and. Um, and that's led me to to um, the digital marketing career I have now. When we set up our own uh, boutique digital marketing agency, and um, and now we focus primarily on um, on assisting small business owners, people who are just getting started uh, in particular and are struggling for traction. We offer done for you services across the whole breadth of of digital marketing services, and then most recently, um, I've I've turned my focus uh, to educating people and, and offering coaching and consult consultation services because at that moment when I when when that question struck me how would you get people to a website I know that there are thousands of people out there probably more than that that, that, that simply don't know the answer to that question there's an abundance of information online don't get me wrong but knowing what to apply and what's not um, what's outdated what what still works what what doesn't work anymore what never worked in the first place and, and, the, and the article is wrong um, I, I want to help those people because when you're first getting started, uh, it, it can feel like you're staring into a black hole and it can be incredibly demoralizing. 
So, um, yeah, so I, I said I'd try to keep it short. <laughs> that wasn't all that short in the end. Um, so, but, but long story short, uh, I, uh, primarily I assist small business owners and particularly those with new online businesses getting started and helping them get traction and traffic. Yeah, we all, we all know we need traffic, website visitors, email subscribers and so on. As you build a following and gain some momentum online, your traffic grows exponentially. But it's the early stages of a website or business that are the hardest. So uh, where do you even begin when it comes to getting traffic when, when few people have even heard of you? Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that's, that's what, that was the biggest thing that struck me when I first started learning about this. Because there are, like I said, there's an abundance of information out there. But so much of it, it's, it's uh, reliant on you having some traffic in the first place. It's, it's the kind of uh, tips that, uh, that tell you... Um, how to get more traffic to your website. Well, first of all, you need an exit pop-up and you need to have um, a lead magnet so that people subscribe to your newsletter. And um, you need to have push notifications and um, and, and so on and so on. Um, and, and all of those are predicated on the fact that you have people going to your website in the first place so you can turn them into returning visitors. But actually getting off zero in the first place, that is is probably, the well, in my opinion, is it is the hardest part because as you rightly said, Victor, Things snowball after that, you know, they, they kind of take on a viral element um, in, in that people will talk about your brand and share it and, and your company will, over time, grow a community and, and get to be seen more and more places online. But when you're first starting off, like I said earlier, it's like shouting into a black hole and you're getting nothing in, in response. So, so that starting period, it's really, really difficult. And, um, and that's why I, I created so. I have a 30-day challenge, which is, um, it's, it's a huge guide, it's almost 200 pages long, which kind of takes people through the process of going from zero to starting to attract site visitors, because we don't talk about in that guide, we don't talk about, um, you need to have some, some people going to your website in order to turn them into return visitors, or, or in order to grow your audience, it's literally starting from zero. Okay, before you go for the traffic, you need to have some things in place, don't you, on your website and so on? Yeah, yeah. So there's a few fundamentals of of, um, of having everything set up on the website, so that it's um, so that, so that when you do start attracting traffic to your website, that you're you're maximizing the potential of them turning into taking some sort of action, whether it's becoming a lead or or joining your newsletter or actually turning into a to a customer. Um, some of those include, um, or actually probably the single biggest one is is um, a lead magnet and and acquiring an email address because. You can work really, really hard and even spend money if you're talking about paid, uh, paid advertising uh, to get somebody to visit your website. But if they don't take the action you want them to take at that moment, whether it's to inquire about your services or, or purchase a product, then they may leave and they, never, they may never return. But if when they arrive on the website, you have a powerful lead magnet that, people, um, that appeals to people. Could you just say what a lead mag magnet is for those who maybe not heard of it, they've probably uh, witnessed it, but... Yeah, of course, of course. So a lead magnet, oh, um, how do you describe that in simple terms? It's, um, more often than not, it's some sort of um, offer. It's also known as a tripwire sometimes. Um, so more often than not, it's some sort of offer or, or, or piece of information or um, uh, like an ebook or, or PDF download or something that you will provide to the visitor of your website in exchange for their email address. So, um, if you have a fitness uh, business, for example, it could be the best home workouts, a PDF of the best home workouts. And um, instead of charging them money for that for that resource, you're asking them to just exchange their email address in the um, 
with the understanding that you will contact them in future with with future marketing uh, marketing promotions. So, so to go back to what I was saying, yeah. So, uh, so a lead magnet is is one of the big ones because, like I said, if somebody goes onto your website and uh, they don't take the action that you want them to, like buying a product or, or or inquiring about your service, and they leave, they may never return. But exchanging um, a lead magnet for their email address means that you can contact them again in the future, and that's and that's probably the single biggest um, the single biggest asset that you can have in, in terms of your marketing abilities is, is to, to have somebody's email address that you can reach out to them in, uh, in the future. So your 30 day challenge that you mentioned, <clears throat> I've had a look and it, uh, it helps people to get their first 1000 visitors or subscribers and, and it focuses on five tactics. Could you say a little about what they are and how they help? Yes, yes, of course. So um, yeah, so we go into quite a lot of detail uh, in, in, regarding the five tactics. So I, I won't cover it, all of them in, in, in such depth right now. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of give more an overview, which will hopefully be helpful. Um, so the the point of the thirty day challenge is to um, is to get yeah for, to get from zero or, or, or very low numbers at least uh, to one thousand targeted site visitors. And that is, I, I hope at least, that's a very modest target. Uh, I did it recently for a client of mine and we were able to get something along the lines of, I think it was almost 8,000 uh, visitors to, to a landing page we'd set up and over 3,000 email subscribers. Uh, and that and we ran a campaign, one of the tactics that's covered in the guide um, for only six and a half days. So hopefully the, the 1,000 is a modest target, but but when you're sat at zero and you're looking at your Google, Google Analytics dashboard or, or, or whatever else it is you're looking at and you're seeing a row of zeros, it can be it can be really disheartening. Um, so the first thing we advise people to do is uh, to reach out to your existing network. And, and, and I call it the lofts list because you, you're, um, you're going the after- lofts list. The lofts list, yeah, yeah. So um, it's it's a it's an acronym, it's a silly acronym, I suppose, but but it, it uh, hopefully it's memorable. Um, so um, the L in lofts is likely or um, prospective clients, so people that you maybe have spoken to in the past and um, and never actually got got them properly interested. Uh, o is old or current clients, so again, people you've worked with in the past or are currently working with. It doesn't need to be related to the thing, the new thing that you're promoting, of course. And then the two Fs. Uh, so it's L-O-F-F-S. Uh, the first F is fans and followers. So if you happen to have any um, social media fans, followers, or, or anything like that, uh, that you that you can reach out to uh, in terms of like an existing base. Uh, the, the second F is friends and family. Um, so obviously that's just your, your, your current uh, network of friends and family. And then S is, um, oh, S is lost. Oh, oh, services and subscriptions. So um, let's say for example, you're running a company and you have an accountant. So you are a customer of that accountant. Would they or any of their clients or any of their um, members of staff be interested in, in what you're promoting? So that covers the, the, the first thing because it's it's really unsexy and, and it's something that a lot of people skip over when they're launching a new um, venture, whatever it may be. They, they skip over their existing network because they don't want to they don't want to bother people that they already know. That I think that, that that's the um, the concern that people have. Oh, I've, I've got a new business, but you know, my, my friends don't care about this. They're not in the same industry as me. Or um, I don't want to ask my accountant. I've just got my new accountant. And now I'm asking him for a favor to, to, to find out if he knows anybody who will be interested and, and so on and so on. But it's the single biggest leverage you can you can use at the very beginning because 
what you what you're doing what, what what the the main aim behind asking your existing network is it's not to reach out to the people you already know that's that's part of it of course but what you really want is to access their network so for every person you know they maybe got two three four hundred friends on facebook for example and you have no access to them so by reaching out to the the connection the, the one step away from you be that your best friend your brother your uncle whatever you're asking them I mean, they may be interested in what you're doing maybe not but who do they know that will be interested and people you've never met before who is in their wider network and it, it's surprising um, how quickly you can grow a, a, an audience or at least people who are fairly interested just by using that one tactic um, so that's the that's the first one that we covered the um, the, the existing network and like I said um, we, we've uh, labeled it as the lofts list in your existing network how do you approach the subject of uh, getting them to introduce you to their networks yeah really good question really good question in a non-spammy way yeah yeah really good question so it, it really does depend on the relationship you have with the person you're contacting so friends and family is an easy example uh, most people are in at least semi-regular contact with their friends and family so a simple text message or um excuse me, or phone call, um, WhatsApp message, Facebook messenger, whatever, just saying something along the lines of, I'm trying something new. Uh, I'm just trying to get it off the ground. You might be interested. I'm not sure. I, I don't, I'm not sure where you are in terms of business or, or, or what you currently do for X, whatever your, your business or product is. Let me know if you'd be interested in following along and, and just keep it really like lighthearted and, and open like that. And let me know if you're interested in following along, because then that gives you permission then to, to let them know um, and keep them updated as you progress through picking a name, getting a logo design, building a website, launching your first campaign and so on and so on. Once you've had a reply in, and it really is quite irrelevant what the reply is from from that um, friend or family member, for example. The, the follow-up question is the key one. It's either great, I'll keep you updated, or sure thing, no problem. Doesn't matter that you, that, you know it's um, it's 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 not really relevant that the response is not positive. But always make sure you ask. Can you think of one person who would be interested in this? And that opens you up then to their network. And by asking a very specific question, can you think of one rather than, do you know of anybody, anybody you know interested? You know, if, by keeping it broad and open with that question, it can le let people get off the hook quite easily, if you see what I mean. Whereas if you say to them, can you, can you think of at least one, one person you, uh, in mind that, 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 would, that would be interested in this or might be interested in learning more about it? You're kind of putting them on the spot a little, but not in an uncomfortable way. You're just asking for effectively a favor. Um, and then... If if you're if you're going to like a like an accountant, let's stick with that example. Then the approach is slightly different. You want to keep it a little bit more formal. Um, but if they're a service provider of yours, then they are going to be aware of your circumstances anyway. So if I were to approach my accountant, I would say, you know, this thing we've been talking about, you know, this new this new venture, this new business that we've been in discussions about setting up. Um, do you happen to have, to know anybody else, either in your staff or on your client base, that you could put me in touch with who might be interested in learning more? And again, it's all about reaching out and, and trying to connect with a, a, a network that, that is one step removed from where you are that you can't access yet. Mm. A nice, polite approach. Yeah, I think it does need to be polite because um, nobody, likes, nobody likes the pushy approach. But if you've got a legitimate business idea that you're trying to 
uh, to validate or you're, or you're actually up and running and you're just wanting to get initial traction, then there's nothing wrong with, well, not only is there nothing wrong with reaching out to your existing network, it's, it should be your very first step um, because without that, you are shouting into that big black, black hole and, and audience, audience targeting is, is difficult when you begin. Okay, so then, yeah, so after you've done that, um, from what I've seen when I've, um, when I've taught people this tactic and, um, and when I actually did it myself, you're looking at contacting inside your existing network and asking for a referral every time, you probably will be in touch with something around 500 to 600 people. That's a pretty monotonous phase to go through, but I promise you it's, it's very, very worthwhile because you should end up with something in the region of 20% um, of those people would show interest. So from 500 people that you've contacted, um, you've now got uh, an email list effectively of 100 people. Now that's a strong start because um, every, every future campaign that you run um, to promote the business, it should start by by emailing that list first, because they are your they are your core number one um, first followers, if you will. So, um, if we talk about the second tactic, then which is the viral giveaway. Now, a viral giveaway it can be quite difficult to explain without without having to to show exactly the mechanics of it. But in a nutshell, a viral giveaway is a campaign where you you choose a, a prize or a prize pack and you ask people to enter the giveaway. And when they enter it, again, they use their email address so that you acquire a new email subscriber. And it, it, it works sort of like a raffle where for somebody entering, you might give them 10 raffle tickets, for example. But you want to turn it into a viral campaign. So you actually incentivize them to take additional actions. So you can simultaneously with one campaign uh, grow your brand awareness, increase your email subscriber list, grow your social media following, and um, and hopefully reach a, um, a brand new audience again of, of networks outside of your existing one. So for example, the, the, the way we might incentivize people taking action would be, um, right, you've got 10 raffle tickets uh, for entering the competition in the first place. If you share this on social media, if you share this on Facebook, we'll give you another 20 raffle tickets. If you share it on Twitter, we'll give you another 20 raffle tickets. If you share it on WhatsApp, we'll give you 30 raffle tickets. If you follow our Facebook page, we'll give you 50 raffle tickets. If you follow us on Instagram, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel and so on and so on, if you take a survey, if you download our app, there's, there's lots of different actions you can take and you can incentivize them by giving them a greater chance of, uh, of winning. And by doing that, all of a sudden then, the people who are entering the competition, they are effectively doing the marketing for you. Because now, just by them taking one action, if you have, um, like I mentioned before, we've had people, uh, competitions where thousands and thousands of people have entered. So if a thousand people enter and every single one of them shares your, shares your competition on Facebook, now your brand and your company has been shown on Facebook 1,000 times over a very short space. And, and people start mm. to recognize it then and, and that brand awareness starts to kick in. Mm. So, um, and, and again, going back to the importance of the, of the lofts list and, and reaching out to your existing network first, in order to get that kick started, there are two main ways you can do it. One is to run Facebook ads campaigns so that you're reaching out to a cold audience, uh, but obviously that costs money and not everybody... Well, A, not everybody has the money to spend on a Facebook ads uh, campaign. And B, not everybody knows how to set up a, a Facebook ads campaign. So they're not comfortable in setting it up from scratch. 
so by reaching out to your lofts list as the alternative way to get a kick started, you're asking those 100 people to enter the competition. Now, you already have their email, uh, their email address, so it sounds counterproductive, but what you're actually asking them to do by entering is to share it for you. Excuse me, and that is the way that you, that you can kickstart such a viral campaign. Yeah, that sounds like a really good plan. I'd be very interested in trying that out for myself. Yeah, just to, just to, to go um, touch upon a little bit more on the, on the on the giveaway because that's that's my favourite one for getting things started. Because, like I said, if you've got that small number of people you can reach out to first, you can get the virality kickstarted quite uh, quite quickly and fairly easily. Facebook ads are a good accompaniment to that as well to reach a cold audience if. You know, you, you're comfortable setting them up and, and you have a budget you can put aside. But actually, one of the most important elements of a giveaway is the prize. Because you you don't want to give away an iPad or, or an iPhone if that isn't what you actually do. Because who doesn't want an iPad? Who wouldn't enter a competition to win an iPad? The problem with having a prize of that description is... You could be attracting people who want the prize but don't really care about you and don't care about what you do. So you want a prize that specifically uh, appeals to your target audience. So if we were to, what did we mention earlier, the, fit, the fitness. If we, um, if we use that example again, let's say you have a fitness. It doesn't really matter what, what, exactly what you do. Let's say you have a, um, are in the fitness industry in some capacity and you have an app. Yeah, It's a, it's a, a premium app. The prize pack for a, a, a successful giveaway that appeals to your target audience would be, for example, free access for 12 months to your premium app. It would also be some home, home workout equipment and um, maybe some, um, some nutrition, um, like protein shake or whatever, physical products like that. Because then you know that the people who are entered in the competition, they are actually interested in what you do. They're not just there for the prize. Some people will be. That's inevitable. But primarily, the, 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 the big bulk, what I found is between 80 to 90% of, um, of the people who enter the competition, as long as you've picked the, correct, the prize correctly, they will be interested in that specific product or service that, you, that you're giving away. Mm, makes sense. Your 30-day challenge... Um, this will require some time and a fair bit of work, no doubt. And can someone go through the, the methods that you suggest at their own pace rather than within 30 days? Yeah, so 30 days, it, it can be done in 30 days. And I've laid it out in a way so that um, you have a specific number of tasks and a specific amount of work to do every day of those 30 days, but I think we've given them like one day off a week. So if you're just starting off a new business and that's your full-time job, then it's it's easily doable um, in, inside the 30 days, as long as you're prepared to put the work in. You know, if, if, if your number one goal at that moment in time is to promote the hell out of your business, then it's easily achievable in 30 days, in my opinion. I've been able to do it uh, without, without issues. But that isn't to say that you should aim to do it in 30 days. Uh, it's not a race. It's it's totally irrelevant how long you take. Um, I like to give people uh, a, a shorter window to work within because uh, I can't remember the, the saying, but basically, if you give yourself a year to do it, then you will take a year to do it. Whatever time 
period you give yourself, you will you will just fill that time. So by giving um, by giving people a, a very very short and kind of intensive time period to, to work towards, then it ensures people take act, take action and, and stick to it throughout the throughout the whole process. If it takes you forty five days or sixty days, well you know so be it. Who cares? You're still going to be on your way to getting site traffic, whereas before you didn't have any. So it it absolutely can be done at a self pace. Um, I would encourage people to to take action on it and, and stick with it as much as possible, purely because that's the best way to get the best results. So so it's been created so that um, there are two ways to do it. If, if you've got a little bit of money, a little bit of a marketing budget to, to, to spend on some of the campaigns, not all of them are even um, suitable for, for, um, for advertising of any description. But some of them, it, you will, it will be to your benefit if you have some money to, to put behind it. But if you don't, it can still be done for free. Um, all, all of it in, in, in its entirety can be done for free. So, for example, the let's take the giveaway example again. If you've done the loss list work and you have a, a small uh, list of email subscribers, those are the ones you promote to first. So you, you combine the promotion of the giveaway with um, emailing out to your loss list plus um, publishing on social media. Even if you don't have any social media followers yet, you should still start publishing on there so that you get start to get some traction. And the uh, the prize that you don't need to spend any money on the prize. The the prize can be your own product or service. Uh, so so you it's only costing you your time or whatever products you already have in stock or, or what have you. So right throughout it, uh, we built it in a way so that the only thing it costs you is your time. There are ways, however, where you can accelerate things and achieve either better results or results faster by spending money if you have it. So where can people find out about your 30-day challenge? Is that, and that's what it's called, I, I assume, the 30-day challenge. Where can they find that or, or how can they contact you? Yeah, so, so I refer to it quite often as the 30-day challenge. It's, I also um, uh, refer to it as the 0 to 1,000 um, challenge because... Like I said, it's a modest it's a modest number, but I feel it's one that's not only is achievable. I think you can exceed it quite easily if um, if you run all of the campaigns that we we describe, and um, and and you stick to the the way that we uh, plan it out. The best way to get hold of it is to go to my website, uh, which is lightbulbmedia.com. Lightbulb is spelled L-I-T-E B-U-L-B. So lightbulbmedia.com, and it's the first thing you see on the homepage. Um, it's the, um, the 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 zero to one k challenge is is the first thing you see. Um, you can um, basically click on a button and you'll end up um, on a landing page that allows you to download it for free. I will say at this point, however, like a huge amount of work has gone into this, a huge amount of resources. I spent almost one hundred and eighty hours researching it and and compiling it and and making sure it you know executing it to making sure that it all worked. Um, I think I mentioned earlier that it's almost 200 pages long, so it's a huge resource. So it's not going to be free forever. Um, I want to help small business owners. That is uh, sincerely what I want to do. So I'm giving it away to the first 1,000 people who, who, who go to download it. After that, it will be um, 19 pounds we'll be charging, or, or thereabouts anyway. That, that's the price point I've put on it for now. So um, so it's a limited, a limited time thing. Um, the first 1,000 people who go there, We'll get it after that, then um, it'll be, I think we're probably going to put it on the AppSumo marketplace for £19. Brilliant. And is there anything else that you'd like to add or do you have any final thoughts on getting traffic and followers? I think we've covered quite a 
bit of useful stuff already, but is there anything else you'd like to mention? Uh, the, the one thing that I think a lot of people, um, uh, that, that hinders a, a lot of people is just taking action. I mean, we touched upon it just now. It's it's one of the main reasons why I've I've given the 30-day challenge 30 days rather than 90 days or, or whatever. It People can get paralyzed by the fear. They, they, they don't, um, they think, ah, this needs to be perfect before I get it out there. Um, especially when you're, when you're just starting. If, you, if you've got a brand new business or a brand new website, you want it to be absolutely perfect. It's a representation of you at the end of the day. So you want it to be exactly the way you want it. And, and I think that's a dangerous mindset. Um, I, I, I'm a strong believer that once something is 70%, 75% there, get it out there. Launch it, mm. publish it, whatever it is that, that it is that you're working on. Take action and, 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 and put it out as early as possible. If it's going to fail or if you're going to make mistakes, make them fast so that you can iterate and, and, and improve and go again and go again and go again. There's a really famous quote by, um, I think it's Reid Hoffman, I think that's his name, uh, who was the co-founder of LinkedIn. Uh, and he said, if you aren't embarrassed by your first version of your product, you've launched too late. And I love that because like, it's, it's perfect. It's exactly uh, epitomizes what I believe. If, 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 if you want it to be 99.9% uh, of the way there before you put it out into the public's eyes, you're never going to get it. You're never going to get it uh, out there quickly enough so that you can, you can start to see that it's a viable product or a viable business. So apart from, you know, make sure you market properly, you know, do the 30-day challenge if it appeals to you, blah, blah, blah. Regardless of all of that, the, the single biggest piece of advice I give to people who are just getting started is take action, get it out there. And it's scary. It is. I mean, to, to make yourself vulnerable and, and, and put yourself out there like that, it's, it's, it's daunting. But that's the way to succeed. That's the way to improve. Put it out there and then fix it and then, and then put it out again and then fix it again and keep going and keep going. Because whilst it's sitting in your desk, it's, it's not getting you anywhere. That's true. I like it a lot. There's another term that I like, which is falling forward, that somebody mm -hmm. said not long ago, you just kind of fix Perfect. things as you go. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not like go back 50 years, okay? And, um, and if you wanted to write a book and... Um, and you, you, you somehow, you, you know, you managed to get um, a traditional publishing deal. That book has got to be perfect, you know. It's got to be edited to the to within an inch of its life, so that when it gets printed, ten thousand copies, it's perfect. I mean, I get that. It's not like that anymore. You can put a website out within a day, and if there are mistakes on it, somebody will tell you, or you'll pick up on them, and you can edit it, and then the website will be live again tomorrow with the with the adjustment on there. So. It's not set and forget anymore. It's not like you, you, something needs to be perfect because it's then set in stone forever. Things can be iterated over and over again in the digital world. So get them out early and then, and, and as you said, fall forward. Exactly. Thanks again for joining us, Michael. Some Absolute very pleasure. useful stuff there. Thank, thanks very much for having me, Victor. I really appreciate it. Thank you, listener, for listening. Subscribe or leave a review if you can. And please share the podcast with your freelancer friends. It all helps the podcast to grow and serve you even better. Have a look at aspectavenue.com for more free help on your freelancer journey. You can find any links mentioned in this episode in the show notes below. Until next time, check out our past episodes and remember, you're the best freelancer out there.